0: Thank you for listening. This is the World of Sports podcast uh, and radio show. My name is Zach Rubenstein, joined by Dylan Backus, Larry Lindblom, you know them from the regular radio show. Also joined this week by a special guest, Charlie Smith. Charlie, you want to say hi to the people? Hey everyone. (laughs) Charlie uh, Charlie is joining us for this special podcast. This is our 2019 NFL Draft podcast. We are going to do this in three parts, so... This is the first 10 picks, picks 1 through 10. Uh, To give you just a sense of what's going to happen before we start, each of the three guys have taken a different aspect of the draft that a GM would look at. They're going to pitch me, the GM, their thoughts, and then I will make the pick. They are going to provide a player that they think I should take with that pick. So, for example, Charlie is going to do the stats. He will come out and say, I think you should take so-and-so because they have... These stats to back them up. Dylan is the player personnel guy. Dylan is going to say that I think you should take so and so because they fit this team, and Larry is the best available. Larry is going to say you should take this guy because he is available at this spot and he is ranked high enough that you basically can't pass on him. And so between those three guys, we're going to compile for net for we're going to pile for now ten picks. If your team is not in the first ten picks, don't worry about it. We will get to your team if they have a first-round pick. Just look for parts two and three later on in the episode. So, we are going to start right at the top with our team, the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Charlie is a Bears
1: fan. Sadly, I do not believe you guys have a first-round pick. We do not. Well, we got Khalil Mack for it, so I will be enjoying the Khalil Mack highlights during our pick. Okay. <laughs> I just so, stole that exactly from Ryan Pace. So, uh,
0: Larry, we're going to start with you. Who do you think the first pick in the 2019 NFL draft should be? Oh, well, the best player
2: available is Nick Bosa. He's by far the best pass rusher, I believe, in this draft. He's probably the best uh, pass rusher we've seen in the last five or so years coming out of college. Uh He's got all the moves, he's got great hand technique, he's got size, speed, he's got everything you want from your pass rusher. And at this, the only concern with him is the core injury he sustained, but even there, it's minor compared to what he's
1: going to produce at the next level. Uh, Charlie. Uh, I'm with Larry on that. I think Nick Bosa is the best player available and the best fit for the Cardinals too. In three games last year, he had he had four sacks and six tackles for loss. In 14 games the year before, he had 8.5 sacks with 16 tackles for loss. That's hard to do in college, and if he is anything like his brother, he will be a whole defense changer. I think it's a no-brainer to pick him over Kyler, even if he might be an upgrade over QB, but the Cards already have their long-term QB, and they will have the ability to upgrade their defense here too.
3: All right. Dylan? Surprisingly, I'm also going to say that Nick Bosa is the pick. Um, mainly because I think that he could play on the end. He could play as one of the defensive ends, which we need more defensive linemen, not just straight pass rushers. Um, I think that this guy has a lot of rare, unique abilities, um, especially the way that he plays with his strength. I think he'll be able to eat up some double teams, which could help our pass rushers on the outside. Um, I do have a little bit more concerns with him, mostly that He does use his hands very, very well, which is usually what you don't see out of college prospects, and that's usually what you teach them to make them jump to the next level. So I think that he has the highest floor, but I do think that he doesn't have the upside that a lot of other people think he does. Um, I just don't think he's fluid enough. He's really tight in the hips, which is not what you want to see out of your pass rusher. But I think that we could counter this by moving him more as a defensive end and helping him stop the run a lot better than a lot of these pass rushers. So I think that he kind of has both of that. Um, we talked about the core injury, but I don't think that that's a huge problem. There's a lot more different players that have worse injury concerns. So I think that he's by far the best player to take based on our team.
0: All right, so some context in the Arizona, before I say who I think it should be. Although if I go against you guys, I don't know how this is going to go. Um, <laughs> True. Some context into the Arizona Cardinals. Their GM is Steve Keim. He's been around since 2013, and... This might very well be his last season. This pick is kind of his last chance to prove that he should still be the GM. The choice for the Cardinals really comes down to Bosa, a guy named Quinn Williams, who's a defensive lineman, and Kyler Murray, the quarterback. Now, the issue for the Arizona Cardinals is how good Kyler Murray will turn out to be. If Kyler Murray turns out to be a great quarterback and the Cardinals pass on him, it will never be, go away from this team's history. It will always be a little asterisk that they didn't take him. If he turns out to be awful and they do take him, and they trade away their current quarterback, Josh Rosen, then it will be equally bad because they will have hurt themselves for years to come. Now, if you take away the quarterback, the, the easy choice is Nick Bosa. Quinn Williams is a need. I doubt the Cardinals will go take him. I personally don't think he's that good. Number one overall, good for sure. And I think the Cardinals know that. I think if this were another year, he'd probably be near the 10th pick, maybe even a little lower. So with that, I'm going to assume the Cardinals make the correct choice, and they decide to give their rookie quarterback another year. And so I'm going to also have them take Nick Bosa. It is for a couple reasons. It, it The main reason is that it is the safest pick. Currently, the Cardinals have a GM that does not – want to lose his job. He needs the safe option. The other reason is, I think, because he's flat out the best player. Okay, so now number two, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, We'll start with Charlie this time, and then we'll go to Larry and Dylan.
1: I think this is an easy pick. They're definitely going to go either Nick Bosa or Quinn Williams, whichever falls to them. They love both of them is the rumor, too. Quinn Williams had 19.5 tackles for loss last year, which is an insane amount especially because Nick Bosa has never even had that, and we all think he's the best player. On top of that, Quinn Williams had eight sacks too and a total of 71 tackles as a D-tackle. Um, I disagree with you, Zach. I think he is a very good player, and I do think he's better than the two other defensive linemen that have come out in the past two years for Alabama. And on top of that, the Niners have a huge hole at D-tackle right next to DeForce Buckner. It's Quentin Williams for sure.
2: I second Charlie's opinion there on Quentin Williams, especially with Nick Bosa off the board. Uh, I think he's definitely the best interior defensive lineman in this draft. Uh, He's got impeccable technique. He was effective across the line for Alabama this year, and he was facing constant double teams which tells you they were singling in on him, and he was still effective. Uh, There's slight concerns with uh, his size and overall strength, but I think he fills the need there brilliantly for San Francisco in that interior defensive line spot.
3: So I'm actually going to differ from you guys. Um, I think the clear and obvious pick is Josh Allen. Um, Starting with talking about the defensive line, I don't think there's as big of a hole. Um, You got... You got DeForest Buckner and you got Ar- Eric Armstead, which you drafted not l- very long ago. And he played good last year, um, 74.8 on pro football focus rankings. Now there is a bit of a depth problem, but I think we could address that later. Um, I think that Josh Allen's the best player in this draft. Um, and looking at our depth chart, um, Solomon Thomas could play at that end role. Um, he could be more of a pass rusher, but I think you could kick him inside on times. I think Josh Allen's the best player in this draft, period. He, He sets a really strong edge, which I think is very important. But he also has the ability to drop back in the coverage, which if we think that we want to put Solomon Thomas mostly um, inside as a pass rusher, we can drop Josh Allen in the coverage. A lot of people consider him to be an Anthony Barr. So I think that he is just pure the best player. He possesses elite size, speed and athleticism with a frame to get even stronger. And I talked about how hands need to improve for a lot of these prospects, and that's mostly with him. Um, I also think he has the intangibles to be able to drop back in coverage if he as more as an actual linebacker. So I think that he fits, a, he fits as in how good he is, but also you can never have enough pass rushers in the NFL.
0: Okay. So uh, I, I, San Francisco is kind of an interesting team. Last year they entered the league with the intention of going 8-8, eight and eight, look, looking like they were trying to make the playoffs. Their quarterback goes down week three, tears his ACL. Timeline gets put on pause, um, and that trade would, and that player would be Jimmy Garoppolo. Now their GM is John Lynch, and John Lynch entered about the same time as their coach Shanahan, and so what you what you essentially have, and and one of the first things Lynch did by the way was trade for Garoppolo, just just at the beginning of the season, uh, in 2017 or about midway through. Um, they originally started 0 nine, and then went. Oh and yeah, oh and nine, and then went six and one with Garoppolo. I believe you they know, were six and six and 0 and, 0, oh and ten. Then yeah. yeah, yeah, they didn't. He didn't so, win the game. So, what John Lynch is, I, what John Lynch has to do here is obviously go defense. If you look at their roster, they have a very good offensive team around him, uh, around Garoppolo, and so if you start looking at their defense, if, if you're for John Lynch, for example, here, and you're looking at your team, you really only have one place to go. <laughs> Based on the players available. That would be the defensive line. So, yes, the question is between Allen or Bosa or Williams. If Bosa's gone like we claim he is. Then your choices are between Williams and Allen. And if it is correct that those guys all play in the inside, Dylan, <laughs> the guys you mentioned, then they do need someone on the outside. Solomon
1: Thomas is
3: a pass rusher. For the he, yeah, he, he's he a D.M. He, he, he usually likes to put his hand in the ground, but he can play as a pass rusher. Word,
2: both. word is, though, that they're looking to move Solomon Thomas. So so
0: if you're looking to move Solomon Thomas, first off, you're also going by who is the best player available. You believe it's Quentin Williams, Larry. Uh, I watched Quentin Williams. Personally, I've, I watched Quentin Williams at Alabama. I watched him line up behind Allen and Payne. I, he also redshirted his freshman year. I feel like Allen was a better player. He had he did more in more time in a on a worse team. Granted, he had worse coaches. So I think I also think the Niners. I think the Niners have some room to experiment here. And if DeForest Buckner can really move to the outside,
3: uh, uh, Solomon, or move, Thomas.
0: Solomon Thomas coming to the outside.
3: Yep. And you already have D Ford. Yeah, you have D Ford on one side. You got Eric Armstead, DeForest Buckner in the middle. And you have Solomon Thomas, who can play as a pass rusher. He can also play as an end.
0: I have a feeling they will probably go. I have a f- so. I have a feeling they will probably go with Quinn Williams. His talk his stock <coughs> has gone up recently, and because his stock has gone up, it seems like someone knows something, and I have a feeling that the Niners have the ability to take the chance on him, and so they're going to assume that he's the guy they know. All right, now we're going to be going to the New York Jets. They pick third. Yeah. Uh, we're going to start with Dylan on this one.
3: Yep, so the Jets are my team, and I can tell you that they went really hard for Anthony Barr. For those of you that don't know, they had a contract signed, basically, with him. They wanted to move him as a pass rusher. They, they thought that even though he's a, great, uh, he, he's a great run stopper, he can drop back into coverage, that they were going to mostly use him on third downs as a pass rusher. And that, like I said in the last one, Josh Allen has an NFL comparison as Anthony Barr. He's more of a pass rusher, though. So this is perfect for the Jets. This is the perfect scenario. Um, they get the guy that, who they really want. He, he's going to be able to menace the pocket as a 3-4 rush linebacker. And he has the potential to be that strong edge setter, which is what I mentioned earlier. He won't just be rushing the pocket. He can set the edge strong for run plays, and he can drop back into coverage. And I I think that the new Jets defensive coordinator is going to love being able to experiment with him. So I think that the pick is Josh Allen.
0: Okay. uh, Larry, would you like to go next? Yeah, uh, I
2: agree with Dylan on this one. Josh Allen here is, I think, this is probably the best uh, situation for the Jets, too. Uh, He's got all the physical tools you could want. He's long, he's fast, he's strong. Uh, There are questions with uh, some of his technique, Uh, He does rely overly on uh, swim moves and chops. But I feel like at this spot, especially with uh, the Jets uh, defensively needing some help, uh, this is definitely the best spot for Josh Allen.
1: Uh, Charlie. So I think that the Jets are inevitable to trade down. I think that's going to happen. But the stuff I've heard from them, or not specifically from them, but around the league recently, is that they've done their research (coughs) specifically on Ed Oliver, and they're going to do their trade around him or Jonah Williams. So I have them picking Ed Oliver at three here because Oliver is violent with a high motor, as Ed Oliver said, and I view him as potentially the second coming of Aaron Donald. The only issue is his arms are a little bit shorter. Uh, He gets past the line easily. He has a ton of tackles for loss. He's a great defensive tackle, but I don't think he will succeed as a pass rusher. And he seems to consistently play enough games. He doesn't seem to have an injury issue either. He does have an attitude issue, it seems, but I think he is the perfect guy for the Jets here. So,
0: obviously the Jets have a very good offense— um, they no, have I wouldn't new, say very good They, they have, they have, start they, new, they, they they have the start of a good They have the they have building the upside. They have the start of a good offense. They, they have
2: Le'Veon and sort of a quarterback right now. So
0: they have the start of a good offense. They have a quarterback. They have a running back. They have an okay receiving <laughs> core, which will obviously need work. But they really need defense. And they already have a great defensive tackle in Leonard Williams. So they will now add. I I have a feeling that if he is there, and if the trade does not occur, as Charlie said, because I, I that's possible, but we're gonna not do trades until they happen. Um, if the trade does not occur, I would I would also see them taking Josh Allen. He happened to fell fall
1: all the way here. Might as well take advantage of it. So Josh Allen would not be a bad pick at all. Yeah. He'd be a very good pick for them too.
0: So now up is the Oakland Raiders. Now, before I say, before we continue into this, the Raiders have been linked to a lot of trades. We are going to assume they do not trade this pick. So, uh, Larry, we'll start with you on this one.
2: Well, John Gruden's wet dream comes true here. He gets his hands on Kyler Murray. Uh, Murray is by far the best quarterback in this draft class. Uh, He throws a great ball but the added bonus of having Murray, especially in Oakland, with their weak offensive line is his mobility. He's very explosive athletically. He moves in the pocket very well. Uh, There are concerns with his height and his size, especially with Oakland being an outdoor, but they are a West Coast team. So I feel that here, especially with John Gruden, the way John Gruden runs his system, Uh, This is a great fit for Kyler Murray and for the Raiders.
0: All right. Uh, Dylan, you want to go next?
3: Yep. So um, I think the pick here is Devin White, linebacker. Um, We just signed Brandon Marshall to a one-year deal. Um, I think that he's a serviceable player, but he didn't have that great of a year last year in itself. And I think that he could be a great mentor towards a long-term middle linebacker. And and I think that Kevin White is that guy. Uh, He was a running back (laughs) convert. and immediately played well as a high-impact linebacker. Um, he's still learning, so he is not ready to start day one. Which is, this is why it's a perfect scenario where he gets a great mentor, and he could sit behind a year, start to play near the second half of the year. But his worth ethic and competitiveness is off the charts, which is something that you really want out of your linebacker. He plays with rare speed because he used to be a running back. I really like him because the way that he is, he's a shorter leg, longer torso type of player, so his Center of gravity is much better than the average linebacker, which will allow him to make cuts easier and to recognize things better. Um, It will definitely help him with balance. Um, He's a very unorthodox player, but that's because he's not a natural linebacker, and I think that helps. I think that is definitely a pro. So I think that this is your guy who could be your leader of your defense for the next 15 years. Okay. Uh, Charlie.
1: So originally I had Josh Allen here, but since we're going to say he's off the board, I'm just going to move down with Ed Oliver. I truly am very high on Ed Oliver. And I do believe that that third pick will end up being a quarterback. So we're going to pretend like Oliver falls here, and I think you have to go Ed Oliver for all the reasons I said just so right do you before. Think, so you think it would be a trade up someone would come up and get? I think someone would come up in, to, the, to the Jets pick and draft a quarterback, probably Kyler Murray, and then Ed Oliver falls to the fourth pick. I'm very high on Ed Oliver because I think he has the ethic to become a great player. But at the same time, do not be surprised if Gruden does something that Gruden will do. (laughs) Just a just a weird pick like Colton Miller. Okay. Um so you said all right, so So I say Ed Oliver.
0: Yeah. I think the Raiders with this pick will have to make a decision between quarterback or (laughs) no quarterback. If they choose to go quarterback, then the clear option is in our mock draft, the man sitting in there and Kyler Murray. However, the Raiders have come out and said a couple of times now that they're not so interested in Kyler Murray. Uh, I think this is really Gruden's pick. It doesn't matter who their GM is. I could tell you who it is, but I don't think it matters. It's Mike Mayock. It's yeah. Mike Mayock, but I don't think that matters. I think this is really John's, John Gruden's pick. I Yeah, I agree with
1: you there. I have a feeling that he doesn't.
0: Master. I have a feeling that's considering he doesn't the fact that he doesn't like who he has now. He'll take Kyler. He'll take Kyler Murray. <laughs> Although I am a fan of Devin White.
3: We'll you'll hear it again soon.
0: Now we are at number five. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they have a new coach, yep. and a new defensive coordinator.
2: both, All of which both familiar faces. One of which yeah. we, to
0: both of which, the three Cardinals fans here know very well, and the uh, Jets fan. And the exactly. Jets fan also knows kind of well. All right. Uh, we're going to go with the non-Cardinals fan. Charlie, you go ahead and take this pick.
1: I'm, I, everything I've read says that the worst-kept secret in the draft is that the Buccaneers will be drafting Devin White if he's available. Personally, as a Bears fan, I think Roquan Smith is still the better prospect, but Devin White still could be a great player in the NFL. I've read, And it's just the fact that I've read so many things saying that they want to replace Kwon Alexander as soon as possible makes me think that they're definitely going to jump on him. And I don't see any reason why they wouldn't. He's a great player.
3: All right, uh, Dylan. Yeah, I'm going to say that we all that the Bucks should also take Devin White. Um, Bulls loves linebackers like this, and that's why they, they're trying to strike fire with Deion Buchanan. I think we both, all of us here, know that I think Deion Buchanan's kind of on the out. I think that he had that really good season but I think that he put his body on the line. And I remember saying that year that I don't think he was ever going to have a season like that again. I think he kind of wore out his body, and it, it's clearly true because he has not played very well since. Um, and they could use someone like that. I think Devin White can be that replacement, and I think he could be a very talented one.
0: Blair? Yeah,
2: I have Devin White going here as well. Uh, Bruce Arians is going to elevate that offense uh, as is. Uh, the big... Problem with the Bucks has been their defense. They have been—they were atrocious last year. They were relying on Ryan Fitzpatrick to bail them out. They let Mitchell Trubisky throw six touchdowns against them. Exactly. So uh, they need help everywhere. Uh, defensively, I think uh, they're looking to build around Devin White at that linebacker position. Uh, from a physical standpoint, he's a. He's strong. He's thick. He's strong, or he's fast. Uh, he can cover tight ends downfield. Uh, he plays zone coverage, and he can come in as a blitzer, which Bowles is going to love. Uh, so I think the obvious pick here is Devin White to the Bucks.
0: All right. So I have a kind of a hot take on this pick, but I'm not going to pick it using that information. Um, I think that if that the Bucks could be a team. That trades up to three to get Kyler Murray if they think the Raiders take him, want to take him, and if he happens to slip to five and the Bucks don't trade up, I have a feeling they would take him. The one thing we learned about Bruce Arians <coughs> in Arizona was that he needs a quarterback that he likes and that he can work with. I think Jameis Winston's kind of a problem, and everyone there knows it, and everyone everywhere else knows it. And they've get he, I know he was a number one overall pick, but they can only give them a leash so far. And so I actually think that they would have normally have taken Kyler Murray here. But with him off the board, I happen to agree that Devin White is the best player, and I think that's who they will take. Uh, Devin White, one of, the, one of the stats that I don't think you could hit on was what, was that when LSU played Alabama, Devin White had to miss the first half. I do remember that, yep. And they didn't win the game, but they had more. <laughs> they would have, They may have had a chance if Devin White was in there, the whole defense was all over the place. Mm -hmm. And so I think that when Devin White can captain a a defense as effectively as he has shown, and he's there, and you're not taking a quarterback,
1: you take him. The one thing I'm going to mention about the trade you suggested, I think if they trade up, they're taking Josh Allen. I just don't see them taking a quarterback this year. I bet you Bruce Arians has his mind on it. Bruce is going to probably
2: give Jameis one year to try and prove himself again. And if he fails, he's gone, and next year they're going to be
1: taking someone. And this might be an unpopular opinion, but Jameis has shown promise. He just can't seem to find I was honestly
3: a huge fan of Jameis when he, like, the first season or two that he was in the NFL, I thought this guy was going to be a stud, and then he kind of fell off the map with a couple bad seasons. And if anyone can make that work, it's kind of Arians. Uh, The problem
2: is he's opened up a bakery and likes
3: to
1: serve turnovers.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but give him a year with Arians and we'll kind of see. It's either going to work well or it's not going to work at all, and they'll be drafting a quarterback next year.
1: I think they 100% go defense, even if Kyler's on the board. Yeah, I agree.
0: Now to the number six pick, the New York Football (coughs) Giants. Uh, Dylan, you want to start this one?
3: Yeah, um... So we just switched to a new system, uh, and we're clearly really important to it because we got rid of Vernon for the reason that he didn't fit that system. So we are switching to a 3-4, and I think that we are going to be taking a pass rusher because of that. So I'm going to take my favorite, one of my more underrated players in this draft, in my opinion, uh, Montez Sweat. I'm actually a huge fan of him. Um, He has a lot of concerns. I kind of want to address that. Uh, for starters, um, for though I'm sure all of all of you know that he was diagnosed with a similar heart condition as Hurst. The, the biggest difference was that he was actually allowed to play in the combine, and reports came out that he missed a single snap even in practice because of that heart condition. And this guy dominated the combine. Uh, length and hand size were all way above what he was expected to do. He did a great job with the the cone drills, all that. But he ran a 4-4-1 40 time. Uh, a 6'6, six 260-pound six, man ran .01 seconds slower than Saquon Barkley. Um, his strength is good on addition to that, but this guy is fast as hell. Like he, He's faster than Von Miller, than Khalil Mack, and one of the things that I really liked about him was that he, uh, one of his strengths is his speed to power conversion. A lot of players are a little choppy with that as a pass rusher on the outside, and he's very good at that. He also takes long strides, so you'll see this speed come up in games, um, he was kicked out of the Michigan State, which a lot of people think is a character concern, and obviously that is a little bit, but that was mostly due to him smoking, and it wasn't because of anything. They all loved him. <laughs> they they literally said in Michigan State afterwards, they still think that he's a great guy and that he's a great leader, but he kind of w- was around the wrong crowd, and he fixed that when he switched to Miss- Mississippi State. Now, that's still a worry, but I think that that could be easily overcome. Um, my problem more than anything is that, like, sometimes – He's a little choppy. I did say that his speed to power conversion shows is really good at times, but it, it is a little bit of a inconsistent. Um, but I do think that this guy's an absolute monster. I, I think that he could be your starting pass rusher that the Giants have been looking for for years.
0: All right. Uh, Larry, you seem ready. You seemed very uh, ready to take on Dylan. Let's well,
2: I, that
0: pick just threw me off a little <laughs> bit, especially because
2: if they go edge, I believe they're going to go with Rashawn Gary. However... I pray the Giants go with Dwayne Haskins for the sake of everyone, (laughs) Uh, especially Saquon Barkley. They are in desperate need of a quarterback. Uh, Eli Manning was over the hill and through the woods years ago. Uh, I think last year in the second half of the season he was better, but he still had a QBR of, I believe, 68, which is not good at all. Uh, Haskins is the prototypical pocket passer. He's got good size. He throws a nice ball. Uh, the Giants GM seems to be an old-school guy where he would prefer someone like that. Uh, I think a lot of the talk of, oh, we're st- going to be sticking with Eli, is a bit of a smoke screen. At least I hope
3: it is. <laughs>
2: uh, and I see Haskins going to the Giants here at number six.
1: All right. Charlie. So I know I'm the stats guy, but I didn't base this pick off of stats. This dude isn't even my number two guy in this position. He's my number four. I think in the modern NFL, you can't wait for a quarterback, and everything shows me that the Giants are going to pick Daniel Jones. I wouldn't be surprised to see a D lineman. I'd be a little bit surprised to see Sweat because just of the heart condition, and I've read some stuff. I don't know how reliable it is, but teams have taken him off their big board because of that issue. He, I still think he'll be a great player in the NFL because – He's shown everything, especially the Senior Bowl, too, on top of the Combine, but everything points to the Giants picking Daniel Jones. I definitely don't think he's the right pick there, but I do think that's who they'll pick. right, Um, Dave Gettleman (coughs) is is a stubborn
0: GM, to say the least. (laughs) Uh, He is stuck with Eli Manning for, I think, three or four years too long, I would agree, Larry. Um, I think that One of the things that you have to look at with Gettleman is he likes his job. And if there's any media market in the world that is harsh, there may not be another media market in the world that is as harsh as New York, they're not going to put up with another year of Eli Manning. Last year they were distracted by the young, shiny Saquon Barkley. That's not going to happen again. I think that New York is going to take a quarterback. While in another year they might take Montez Sweat, I don't think it's going to be this year. And... I don't know that I trust... I don't know that that they should trust, I should say. Daniel Jones, this is a pick that he needs to get right. We we talked about some other teams that needed to get the pick right. This one also needs to be right. Dwayne Haskins has already proven he was pretty good at a big market team in college, and I think they're going to go with him again here. So, uh, now to the seventh pick, and that will be... The Jacksonville Jaguars. So uh, we'll go to Charlie to start this one.
1: Just like I said about the Buccaneers pick, this pick just does not seem to be a very well-kept secret. I think that they're going to end up taking Juwan Taylor, tackle from Florida. He's my number one tackle on the board. But they just invested $88 million in a quarterback that no one's really sure about. You're going to want to protect him from day one, especially if you have Cedric he's starting. He is awful. He was terrible on a bad Bengals team last year. I don't even think he started, and Taylor will replace him, and Taylor has a very high upside. Um,
2: Larry. Uh, the Jags have a
1: huge hole at right tackle,
2: and they desperately need to protect Nick Foles, who is not a very mobile quarterback, which means he needs very good tackles. Uh, I feel... They're going to go after Taylor here. They've watched him all year at Florida. So they're going to go with the guy that right down the street. Um, he's got a couple of bad habits he's developed. Uh, he scoops a lot instead of punching out on uh, opposing linemen, uh, which allows players to get inside of him. But I feel here he is the best choice for the Jaguars.
3: So I, I heavily thought about Juan Taylor. I actually really like him as a tackle. And I think that you guys are very right in that they do need that. Um, but um, Cedric's not even planning on being their starting re- tackle. They have a guy that they drafted last year that they want to play, Will Richardson. Um, I actually think that the pick here is tight end TJ Hawkinson. Um, first off, this guy is a great blocker. Um, he's, he's known for his pass-catching abilities, but he's also known to be an amazing run blocker and an amazing blocker in general. So I think that he could help out Foles a lot in the blocking, especially off edge rushers, where you see teams like to use their tight ends as more chip blockers, and I think that TJ could be very good at that. But that also gives him an amazing weapon, and honestly, I think he's a top-five player in this draft. Um, I think that he's got all the talent to be an absolute stud as a receiver and as a blocker, especially for Leonard Fournette, where they could use a tight end that could block for him. I just think that this pick makes too much sense for them to pass up on such an amazing tight end prospect. So uh,
0: I have not done – one of the things that I wanted to do when we came into this was to really take on your what you guys had to say. A good GM listens to the people below him. <laughs> if I want to try to be a GM, which I – We're we're three. We're we're four college students sitting around a microphone. Let's put this in some context here. But uh, I, I'm kind of torn between two positions. They do not have a tight end on their roster that I have ever heard of, Um, and so I believe I think James O'Shaughnessy maybe. Or maybe someone else with the last name. we have
1: got Jeff Swaim, who was the backup in Dallas last okay, year. not so saying he's that good. It's he just, was the backup on a team that didn't have a, yeah, a tight end because
2: Witten. Bad, they opted to bring back Jason Witten, who can't run faster than my sick father. It's, I really don't understand why they brought him okay, back Okay, so, but we'll go back to the So moment.
0: now back to the draft. <laughs> While they do need to protect Foles, Foles showed he could scramble a little bit. He showed he could make something happen. Mm He could move out of the pocket. He was not stuck. Yeah,
3: those are two different things. I see what you're saying. But he could two move, very different he, was, he was. He was. Trubisky can scramble. Nick Foles. Oh, okay, can he's move not
0: really a running cricket. scramble. He's more of a. He can think Yeah, steps. he can move. He can that's, move around. He, he can shuffle in the pocket. When the pocket, I wouldn't would necessarily say he's a mobile quarterback. When the pocket collapses, he doesn't go down with it. Let me put it that way. But that's
1: most NFL quarterbacks.
0: No, so. which I mean, good uh, at a Yeah, well, I, good I'm. I'm. I'm very used to watching. I'm he. very used to watching Carson Palmer go down when the pocket collapses. Well, that's because the. The pocket it's
1: collapsed right. instantly. Yeah. There was no pocket, <laughs> okay. it so, was just yeah. collapsed. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was also never the same after he tore his ACL just terribly, too. Right? So,
0: True. with this pick, play I, I agree. It, <laughs> if, if, if I'm gonna go with <laughs> Dylan know. here, saying they do have a replacement for uh, do they have a replacement for the guy that yeah, that no, so, so, like? so
3: will Richardson's listed as their starting right tackle. He didn't really play that much last year, but um, I've heard that they really like him. I still don't think that's the greatest replacement and still definitely a need. But I you would, I wouldn't go that far, but I think that they want to give him a chance. I so, think that they like him.
1: The one thing, though, is that he was a fourth-round pick. He
3: was a fourth-round pick. So that's why it is still a need, but I do think that they like him. I have heard that he will be their starter in their offensive lines. So if, those, you like <laughs> if you've heard that they like him,
0: if you've heard that they like him, and they don't. The fact that they don't really have a tight end, I'm going to go with you, and I think they'll take TJ. If I were them, I might take TJ Hawkins. I know it's a little bit of a bold pick, but we're here for bold picks. Yes. I, I can't. Exactly I can't do hear. a straight that's, that's up. That's how
2: we get them views.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can't do a straight like up and subscribe. Just exactly what everyone thinks. Because you yes. guys are making. Some of you are making the safe pick, and some of you're making the risky pick, and I got to have an equal number of both. Um, <laughs> you don't have to. I would like to. So, <laughs> moving right along, moving right along, we are on the eighth pick, mm-hmm. and that is the Detroit Lions, in their second year, with head coach Matt Patricia. Who should uh, be fired? Charlie, yeah, you just called. You just called agree. for him to be fired first. You go because yeah, he wears, his, right. hat her, it's okay. he wears okay. his hat
2: backwards.
1: That's <laughs> not allowed. Just not <laughs> a good coach. Straight up, he let Chase Daniel beat him at home.
3: Eddie Jackson
1: beat him at home, and Eddie Jackson's very good. The Jets yeah. tore him apart too.
3: Tore him apart. Watch that game.
1: But I think here they have to pick Montez Sweat. He replaces Ziggy Onza. I know they got Trey Flowers, who they're paying 17 million to get eight sacks a year, <laughs> and they have Deshaun Hand. But Deshaun Hand can move on the inside. If they pick Montez Sweat, they have a decently scary D line. Again, Sweat showed amazing promise at the combine. He ran the four-four-one. Faster than Khalil Mack, as you said, and he just played amazing in college. He had twelve sacks last year, fourteen point five tackles for loss. There's no going wrong with him unless something major happens with his heart, potentially. Yep. Um. Okay, uh, Larry, I've, you also were pretty quick on
0: that firing train.
3: I wasn't necessarily. Yeah, I wasn't right, that on quick right. on it. I uh, just I was.
2: <laughs> the man wears the hat backwards. Come on. <laughs> But I feel here uh, Patricia is going to go defense, and I think he's going Ed Oliver here. Uh, the concern with Oliver is his size. He's a little undersized for an interior lineman. Uh, and I think a lot of the criticism around him has kind of been overblown because I don't think his coaches at Houston used him properly.
1: They also weren't competent.
2: Yeah, they, they were not very good, and I'm pretty. I wouldn't be surprised if Houston had a different coaching staff next year. But I see him going here to Matt Patricia uh, and the Lions. Uh, He's got solid pass rush capabilities. Uh, There's a little bit of concern with him uh, against the run due to his lack of size. But I feel this is the best spot uh, or the best pick, rather, for the Lions to take right here at number eight.
3: So I, I think this is pretty funny. Um, I'm a huge Sweat fan, and so obviously I'd love for him to go as early as possible, so thank you for that. Um, I, I think that guy is going to be a stud. Um, instead, I'm going to go with someone who I'm actually not very high on, and it's Ed Oliver, um, mainly because I think that the uh, the Lions, they need they have no one to rush from the interior. No one. They have literally zero pass rush from there. And so I think that even though I'm not as huge on Ed Oliver, um, I think that he Scouts say he's going to play under 280. Um, as an interior rusher, uh, that kind of scares me. But he does have elite quickness. Very twitchy, which is what I really like out of defense alignment. Very twitchy. And he's built low. He plays with leverage. And I, I like both of those things. So even though I'm not as huge on him, I think that this is the move for the Lions.
1: They do have Snacks Harrison, though. He's not yeah, a no, pass rusher. I will, I'm a huge but...
3: Snacks Harrison fan. As a Jets, I was really sad that they didn't. He can't pass rush. He's, he he's can't pass a, rush. He's a, I he's agree a big, with you very and this is actually might a perfect be the best fit. run stopper in the league. Yeah, one of the best run stoppers in the league, completely agree. And this is why it's a good fit for Ed Oliver. It allows him to free up some space in the pass rush because he's a mauler. Harris Big Snacks is a mauler. He takes up a double team almost every time. And I think that if Ed Oliver gets double teams, I don't think he'll have any success in the NFL personally, but he won't as often because teams will be focusing on Snacks.
0: All right. So, they also signed Trey Flowers. I don't know if that was
3: He's at end. He's yeah. a end. So yeah, that's on the outside. Though. So no sweat, where Well, sweat plays. Well, sweat plays. He on would the play opposite. on the opposite side of Trey Flowers. All right. So yes, that was what. So I that was drew.
1: what I was thinking. And then they drew Deshawn. So I
0: don't. Inside. I I think if <laughs> they don't really have Agreed. anyone for the inside, because it sounds like they don't. You need. They have Flowers who can rush from one side of the outside. I think they're going to go at Oliver because they need someone that can rush from the inside. They sure they will need to address that other position later. But I think that they need to. They need a. When you have a player that you needed a certain pick, and he's there and he fits your need, sometimes it's just a perfect storm, and you got to take
1: him. I do believe that if Ed Oliver's here, this will be the Falcons picking him at eighth. I so do you think, think they, they will prediction. trade up? I think that the Falcons have been in trade talks to trade up. The Lions have been rumored to wanting to trade down. I've heard the same thing that they've been talking to each other, but. I can't say if they were confirmed. The or other
3: one. person I want to count out for that is the Bills. I know that they're one pick after, but I can see them they trading up a, a couple. They need a D tackle after they lost Kyle. Williams. I think he's a perfect fit for that four three, honestly. I agree.
0: Now to the ninth pick, and that would be the Buffalo Bills. Um, and so, yeah. Dylan, you want to start so, yeah, us off? Ed
3: Oliver was my original pick here because I think he has a perfect fit for that four um, three. But they can use some <coughs> whole line help, and especially kind of in the guard position, I think that's where Jonah Williams fits in. So that's where I have him coming off the board. Um, personally, I, I really like Jonah Williams. I think he arguably is a little bit better than Juwan Taylor, but we can get into that a different time. Um, superior technique, he rarely strays from it, which is what I really like. A lot of players sometimes in different games, they start to lose their fundamentals a little bit, and that's that's not what he has. I also like that how he's gotten better every season. He's fundamentally gotten better every season, consistently. Um, he's athletic, he's got fluid movement, His initial steps out of stance are quick and controlled, which I really like. Um, There are some concerns with his arm length and keeping up his weight because he does have a small frame, which is a huge concern. But if he can keep up his weight, I think that he's a superior offensive line.
2: Larry? Well, I originally had TJ Hackinson going here because I think they need to give Josh Allen as much help as he needs. And in that same line of thinking, I think here they're going to go with Jawan Taylor, out of Florida, Uh, he's lined up as a right tackle for uh, the Gators, but he's got the upper body strength to where uh, some in the NFL might move him inside to a guard position. Uh, They got their what they believe is their uh, franchise quarterback in Josh Allen, so the next step is to protect him. You need to have that asset uh, healthy and available for you as long as possible, and that's why I think the Bills here with Hackinson off the board are going to go with
1: Jawan Taylor. Um, Charlie? So I know I said Jawan Taylor is the best offensive lineman in this draft. I truly believe that the Bills will take Jonah Williams if he's here. One, because, as you said, they have to protect Josh Allen at all costs, and they had a terrible offensive line. The thing with Williams that I like is he's played both tackle and guard in in college. And the fact that all they did was really invest in two offensive linemen when they needed five this Mm offseason. And Morse is a great center. That's a great signing. Getting Williams gives them the versatility to put him wherever they want. So will one of you tell the difference
0: to the people listening, uh, the biggest difference between Williams and Taylor and what they bring to the table?
3: Uh, Williams has a higher floor. Yeah, so Williams has consistently gotten better, and like I said, uh, it's really that technique that he never really strays from, which is definitely his biggest thing. Uh, the other biggest thing is that uh, one's weakness is one's strength. Jawan Taylor has really powerful long arms, and that's the opposite with Jonah Williams. That's his biggest concern. And, um, he, he's got my, scouts on, my uh, scouting report on Jawan Taylor. He's got great feet that continue to move, which is what I really like about him, and it's the long arms combination that can be really taught well. I mean that those two things. If he, if you can get him better at technique, I think he could be the best offensive lineman by far in this draft. He has the most upside.
0: So why do you think that? So then why if so? You guys have said multiple times Juwan Taylor is the best offensive lineman in this draft. Why are you going? Is, is there a fit here for he, he, the people? Well,
1: it's more well, as like, I said. He's more versatile. Jonah Williams is more versatile. He has in more LA. experience at that
2: guard position. There's a lot that believe they could move Williams inside. But he hasn't played there. He doesn't have the experience. Taylor, well, or Taylor. Idea. Well, yes.
3: well, Taylor needs work in the run block. It, it, he, he, he does. He's, he he's like your typical like tackle. that's really long that can protect the pat the protect the quarterback. Jonah Williams is more of an all around guy. And
0: which one has higher potential? Uh, Taylor. Taylor definitely has higher potential.
3: Ta- yeah. Uh, he like his strength is pushing defenders wide and pass protection. Like he's your typical tackle. I can't see Jawan Taylor playing guard whatsoever. I think he's your prototypical left tackle. He's also
1: 6'5", which just doesn't match with guard for me.
3: Yeah, I agree. He, he's someone who's, who has long arms that pushes players outside the pocket and gives their quarterback space.
0: Alright, it sounds like Jonah Williams is the guy that is just far and above better. Because you guys well, just...
3: Well, Jawan Taylor, pass protection is so important in the NFL. Yeah, if you I... can get his... If you can get him more strength and allow him to, like, he gets beat in counters to the middle a lot, if you can get that off, off of his game, he could be one of the best Pass protecting tackles in the NFL, and that is so important in the NFL. Well, I think it will, I especially think, with the
0: young
2: quarterback.
3: I think with
0: yeah. the Bills, you need the the versatility of a player. Well, you you don't know who's going to get hurt, and you want you really want to protect this rookie quarterback. And so, if Jonah Williams played tackle and guard in college, he brings a skill set that Juwan Taylor just can't bring. And so, when you need it, when you need the versatility, and I think the Bills might need it, then you want to take the guy that has it, and that's Jonah Williams.
1: And I know I said Jonah Williams. The only issue with him is he's not long. If not he was long, so long, do you guys? Would you guys really think the pick would be changed? I do think Jonah Williams is who they will pick. And well, yeah. I, uh, I, think I think that's, that's who that's they the will right pick. pick too. It's, d- just longer, pick. D- it's just if he was longer, he'd be top three pick. Well, the Jets would definitely pick him.
3: I, I I think that the Bills need guards anyways. Like mm-hmm. I don't think Jonah Williams is playing tackle in the NFL. He's a don't At think he, plays... he won't start to be a tackle. He'll Where did he play in college?
1: He played both. He played in the championship game against Georgia. He played guard. And in the in last year he played left tackle, correct?
3: Yeah, correct. And NFL.com lists him as a guard. So I, I mm-hmm. list him as a guard.
1: <laughs> All right. So um, now to the tenth
0: pick. The last well, pick who for are this. You there.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, I you said taking... Jonah Williams. Sorry. Oh, okay. I, they're ta- I think they're gonna take Jonah Williams. <laughs> <him. laughs> <Okay. laughs> I, I think the
0: versatility is is so important in the NFL. I think, seen, <laughs> yeah, I think if you if you find an issue in a place you need someone to be able to move, Jonah Williams can move. That is very important. Sure. Um, now 10th to the Denver Broncos. Ooh, can I take this one on Yeah, first? you can start off. John
2: Elway, going to John Elway. He cannot resist the strong arm passer. <laughs> he's going Drew Locke. He's going for it. He can't resist it. He's going to throw first-round draft picks at the quarterback position until he finds something he likes. Uh, he's routinely misfired. He's going to continue to misfire. Because despite, despite the fact he was a fantastic quarterback, he has shown he has no idea how to evaluate uh, quarterback talent coming out of college. Uh, and I think he just can't resist the opportunity to draft another strong-arm quarterback. And he's going to go after Drew Locke here at 10. All right. Charlie,
1: you're shaking your head. Um, originally, I had Kyler here because I don't know if any team in the top 10 will actually pick a quarterback. Agreed. But with Kyler off the board, I'm 100% with you. Drew Locke will be the guy they pick. pick. Uh, he's just got the strongest arm out of any of these guys. There's actually been stats to come out saying his receivers have run the wrong route, so that's why his completion percentage was so low, and people don't think he could throw over 20 yards. But, again, he had bad receivers. The thing is, though, if Elway would make the right pick here, because even though I think they're going to pick Locke, I think Devin Bush is the right pick here. They lost Brandon Marshall, not that he was amazing, but Devin Bush will fill that hole much better <coughs> than anybody else could.
3: Yeah, took, took my pick, right? Um, I do concede Drew Locke for everything you said. The other thing is I don't really get the Flacco trade that much. The new offensive he coordinator that they brought in runs Kyle Shanahan's offense, and Flacco is not a good fit for that system. So I could see them taking a the quarterback here, but I have them taking Devin Bush. They bring in the guy from the Bears, Vic. And He, he wants, just
1: developed Roquan, too.
3: He's, he developed Roquan, but he wants to run a 3-4 defense. And the linebacker he's coached, you said Roquan, uh, Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman, Ray Lewis, those are all the linebackers that he's had in this system. He, there's no one on their team right now that has any sort of upside like that. You want him to have that leader in the middle of his defense. I don't think he'll be as successful of a coach without it. So even though Drew Locke makes a lot of sense for something that L.A. would do, I would not be shocked at all if they take Devin Bush over him. Um, This is a perfect, perfect fit for what Vic wants out of his linebackers. Tad undersized to be a three-down linebacker, but he will still be that three-down linebacker with the speed and cover to make an easy transition immediately to be that
1: Linebacker that big so are you? So you're going with?
3: I'm going with Devin, Devin Bush.
1: Bush. I'm 100% actually going to switch my pick too. Now I was split, kind of. I said lock because that's who I think they're going to pick. But the right pick here would be Devin Bush. Looking at his stats from last year, they're so similar to what Roquan's were in the NFL this previous year. And obviously, the stats don't transition perfectly. But if they were, he would be making probably the best pick he's ever made. The key here, though,
2: is. Elway's, when was the
1: last time Elway made the correct pick? I agree with you there, and I think again, I think they're going to pick Locke. Bush is the right pick, though. All right, so an important. So I'm, I'm split on this an
0: one. An important question to all of you. Yep. What are the
1: odds that he trades up to get Kyler Murray? I think there's a decent chance, but honestly, I think there's a better chance mm. he trades up behind whoever trades up to the third pick to draft Haskins. Yeah, I see Haskins here, not Murray. And Elway, Elway's. Definitely, to me,
2: seems like the old-school strong-arm, big quarterback kind of guy, uh, pocket guy. He's not going to want Murray. He's, he doesn't – I don't think he understands that type yeah. of quarterbacking. <laughs> I don't know if he understands any type of quarterbacking now. <laughs> but I, I definitely – if they trade up, they're going after Haskins. If not, I, they're definitely going to take Locke here.
0: All right. Um. Well – Considering that information, uh, I happen to personally believe that I have yet to see the Denver Broncos make the right pick. I happen to agree. Well, at least under Elway. Under Elway. Mm-hmm. Under L. I mean, they they've tried for a quarterback, in, I think nearly every year. Um, they made the right pick Manning.
1: last year. Since not quarterback, they drafted Bradley Chubb, and that was one hundred percent the right. pick. and that was the no, only that was t- and, pick.
0: and that was the one of the few times that I think they could have <laughs> taken a quarterback, and it worked. But I, I I really don't understand the trade they made with for Joe Flacco. I think that was set up so that Flacco could maybe be a backup. Um, and well, I, well,
3: they, be he'll be their day two. one starter. He'll be their day one starter, but he'll train someone. Yeah, I can see that once again because of the offense coordinator. But
2: well, I, the the problem there was they traded Case Keenum for Case Keenum, but older and more expensive.
0: Right. So I have a feeling they're gonna go Drew Locke. I think that I think that Elway has probably had his eye on him for a while. And they may and, and and all in all inclination is going to be
1: that Drew Locke will be there at ten. Um, the only chance he wouldn't be there is if the Giants pull a Giants and draft him sixth. Or if I don't or think. if the Redskins or someone trades up to ninth or yeah. like the, but then, the he's, the gonna th- but then he's gonna but then he's gonna
0: get maybe what he wants and take uh, Haskins. So mm-hmm. um, I, I have a feeling this pick is gonna be Drew Locke. So we have now come to our tenth and final pick of part one. Thank you for listening to the World of Sports Podcast and Radio Show NFL Draft 2019 Part 1 Edition. Uh, Click the next episode if you'd like to listen to Part 2. In the description, we will put where each team picks so you can just shoot right to it. So, thank you, and we will see you next time on the World of Sports Podcast and Radio Show.